several years, the end of September signals a time for a gathering that is held on the grounds of a Portland, Oregon high school. Park Rose High School is where Jim Pepper went to school. He was a world-class musician, a saxophone player. His mother, Floyd Pepper, was a member of the Muscogee Creek Nation, and his father, Gilbert Pepper, was of the Ka tribe. They met while working at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and moved to Salem, Oregon to work together at Chamawa Indian School. There, Jim Pepper was born. The family eventually moved to a Northeast Portland neighborhood. The Jim Pepper Native Arts Festival was begun by Sean Aaron Cruz, who now lives in the Pepper family house. I moved into Portland in 1996, and I bought my house in the Park Rose neighborhood, Northeast Portland. In 2002, there was something about the house when I saw it. I just fell in love with it. I bought the house, and then it turns out that it was the Pepper family home for more than 50 years. Uh, Jim Pepper, the musician, uh, his mom, Floyd Pepper, the educator, and uh, Gilbert Pepper, his dad, and uh, Susie Pepper Henry, his sister, and uh, Jim Pepper Henry, his nephew. I moved into the house, and then uh, I was minding my own business, standing in my front yard, and this car stopped. And this lady said, hi, my name's Susie. We used to live here. wonder if we could see the old house again. And I said, sure, you know, and we had a nice visit. And she said, you know, my mom would love to see the old house again. You know, could I bring my mom? And sure. And so she brought her mom, Floyd Pepper. She was in her late 80s. And we had a nice visit. And uh, Floyd gave me a gift of her, a CD of her son's first LP under his own name, Jim Pepper's Pow Wow. And I put that on as soon as they left. And in the second track, I realized that, this tenor saxophone player on this, this album, this Jim Pepper, that was the saxophone player I went looking for 32 years ago down in the Bay Area. I only heard him once, and he was monumental. He was like nobody I'd ever heard before, and that was Jim Pepper. And so, yeah, so 32 years later, his mom comes to my house and gives me the record I was looking for. Cruz shares with the Jim Pepper Festival crowd about the moment he connected his own past with track two on that CD of Pepper's Pow Wow. Went back in the house and picked up the CD and wondered, who is this? And uh, I recognized some of the names on there, these musicians that I was buying their music when I was in, in uh, I was a music major at Sonoma State in Northern California in the 70s, and I was buying their music, and then I saw Larry Coriel was the guitar player on the date, and I started thinking about the one time I saw Larry Coriel live, and it was about 1970, in a great big roller rink in San Rafael, Marin County, California, and Chuck Berry was the headliner, and among the reasons that I never forgot that concert was because the crowd, big crowd, you know, room was big, big cavernous room, we're all sitting on the floor, and uh, they hated this opening band. I absolutely hated it. And see, I was the only guy clapping in one of the songs. And then I remember I stopped clapping after a song because I was the only one clapping and everybody's looking at me. And then I remember I didn't clap after a song because, well, and everybody's still looking. The band was looking at me. And, and it was like that, you know. And then Coriel said, I want to feature my tenor player on this next song. He's an Indian, a real Indian. You know, and I already heard the band. The band were fantastic. But, you know, you actually had to have Coltrane, you know, in your experience to understand what they were doing. And that band, uh, the crowd was there for Chuck Berry, you know. They knew all his songs. They had his music. They knew all the words. You know, they were Chuck Berry. They didn't have any time for this. And, uh, man, this guy hollers out at Larry Coriel. My kid's sister can play guitar better than you. And you could hear that everywhere in the room, and that's how negative it was. And then Coriel says, I want to feature my tenor player on this next song. He's an Indian, a real Indian. And he comes up to the front of the stage, and he starts playing this song, and he turned everything around in that room. He got, they got on their feet. They were chanting, singing with him. He turned everything around. It was crazy. And I was there. I saw it. And then they were gone. And that was it. And then Chuck Berry came out. It was a great show and all of that. But after the concert, I didn't drive north to Sonoma 
home. I drove south into San Francisco because Tower Records was open and I had to find this guy. I had to find him. I couldn't remember his name, but I knew what he looked like and what he sounded like. So I go to the Coriel bin and started buying Coriel records and I never found him. But 32 years later, I find I'm living in his house and I just met his mom and she gave me the record I was looking for.
There have been numerous Jim Pepper festivals, remembrances, and performances in the years since Jim Pepper died at age 50 in 1992 from lymphoma. In 1998, the music of Jim Pepper was composed and recorded by Gunther Schuller for symphony orchestra and jazz band. In 1999, the first Americans in the arts recognized Jim Pepper with a Lifetime Musical Achievement Award. In 2000, Pepper was inducted into the Native American Music Awards Hall of Fame. In 2005, the Oregon legislature recognized the accomplishments and musical legacy of Jim Pepper. He was inducted into the Oregon Music Hall of Fame in his first induction ceremony in 2007. That same year, his saxophone and beaded hat were given to the National Museum of American Indian in Washington, D.C. Jim Pepper continues to be remembered and celebrated around the world and in his old neighborhood during the Jim Pepper Native Arts Festival. Winona LaDuke shared her connection to Pepper's music and legacy. It's a really beautiful day out here, out west, Ngo Bianong, and uh, thank you to the people from out here, the traditional people from the Columbia River Territory for having me. Always a privilege to be out here in this beautiful land. A lot of you probably known Jim Pepper most of your lives. There's a couple of Indians that was at Harvard together, and there's one, you know, one real solid Apache guy, and the one guy he loved more than more than the rest of us was uh, Jim Pepper. And so I started listening to him in college, and it was a real inspiration, that idea of having a dream and, and staying to it. And it might be something a little bit out of your social genre or you know what people thought Indians were supposed to do, but you was going to stick to it. Because that's your beauty, that's your magic. You know, I'm honored to be here. I always want to come to this. You know, all of us, we're at this time in this world where um, we got challenges. You know, we got the spiritual opportunity to become the people we're supposed to be. We got the spiritual opportunity to find our voices and find our power. We got the spiritual opportunity to stand tall, have some courage, and uh, change things, you know? So now's our time to say, you know, we got the courage to stand up. And that's what we got to be. We got to be those people. And do that in a lot of ways. You know, sometimes you do that because you're the people that grow the food or remember where your medicines are. You know, because that's power too. Because a lot of people that was taken from them are beat out of them. That's good if you can remember that. Or maybe you're the people that have the songs or the art. Or maybe you're the people that can go and, um, you know, make the music. Or you're the people that can go and, uh, you know, face the white man's system. You know, whatever that system is. And uh, or maybe you're the people who can, who can just say, this is where we're going. I want to say that one thing about music, aside from the fact that it unifies us all, is, you know, to me, to me, I look out there some days and I, I, I you know, I can't say I... I don't like us humans so much, but music makes me remember how much I love us. When people shine in their beauty, and you can see why humans are so beautiful, and we may have botched up a lot of stuff out there, but we're also the ones that got beauty. And we can do amazing things, so let's do it. You know, be beautiful. And uh, I look forward to listening to y'all. Rest of the time, a little brief time I got here with my, my sister. Happy to arrive. I think Jim Pepper would have arrived similarly. They arrived in the 1989 Ford Econo line. Looks like it's tricked out to about 1979. And uh, that's how you should arrive at the Jim Pepper Music Festival if you have an opportunity, right? So he's here in spirit. I'm glad to be here in person with y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Rock on. Bye. Oh, you are you. 
was two songs from Jim Pepper's Coming and Going album. First, Going Down to Muskogee, and then Water. Going Down to Muskogee was based on a Creek Stomp Dance song. Growing up, Jim spent time in Oklahoma with his Ka grandfather, Ralph Pepper, who was a member of the Native American church. His musical style drew from learning peyote songs and from participating with his family in powwows. That's a couple versions of Jim Pepper's 49 song. The first title, Yanaho, was off his 1971 debut album, Pepper's Powwow, and the latter, a version from his 1983 album, Coming and Going. He dedicated that album to his grandfather, Ralph, his dad, Gilbert, and his mother, Floyd. Jim's family heritage and the sounds and songs he learned growing up influenced a unique jazz fusion unmatched in uniqueness even today. In the early 1960s, Pepper moved to New York and founded his band, The Free Spirits. In 1969, they released an album that included his signature song, Wichi Taito, which was based on a peyote chant he learned from his grandfather. Into the 1970s, he explored his heritage, contemporary jazz fusion, and Native American politics. On the song Coming and Going, Jim acknowledges the past and expresses hope for the future. 
Jim Pepper, as is true for so many jazz musicians, there was more opportunity and appreciation for him in Europe than in America. But whether abroad or at home, Pepper played with some of the greats and had much respect from his peers. Avacha Hiltonero is one of many performers who appreciated Jim Pepper. 
The first time I heard him, I think, was in Europe. It was either New York or Europe. The first time I heard Jim Pepper, I, it turned my head around. I just, Jim Pepper was one of the greatest artists that's ever lived. I think his name should be as big as John Coltrane. Um, when he worked in New York, when he'd work in New York, every great musician in town would be in the audience. And Jim Pepper was like nobody ever. You could not categorize him. Jim would start off, sometimes he would start playing, he'd do half an hour, 45 minutes solo, and you would be completely transported to another galaxy. He knew how good he was, and he still kept his feet on the ground, but he was never accepted in this country. In fact, no great Native American artist has been given the credit. When it came to jazz, Jim was it as far as Native arts. Native artists who were jazz musicians, he was the greatest as far as I'm concerned to this day. But there are other great Native musicians in this country there's so many women, men, musicians uh, that are great artists, and this country refuses to acknowledge them because they want to pretend like they don't exist anymore, which is a lie. And the more they tell the lie, uh, they, I mean, these artists become very popular everywhere but here. And so what they do is not only deny them their rightful uh, legacy in this place that they were born in, this place that was born in them, they also deny themselves that medicine, that healing medicine that they have to offer. Avacha Hiltonero, backed by the Jim Pepper tribute band, the Flying Eagles. The uh, native influence on uh, blues and jazz and what have you, but it's stronger than most people recognize. And Jim was very, 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 he, was, he could spot a black person with native blood a mile away, and that's why he had so many of us, like, Don Cherry or myself or whatever, you say there's so few of us around doing it. And uh, that's how we became friends. Jim was a pretty amazing character. And during, during, during the so-called slavery time, there were a lot of Cimarron or Maroon colonies all over this country of free blacks and Indians that were living together. And um, a lot of the blues came out of that. So I want to take you to the lowdown Mississippi blues and I want you to hear not only the African influence, I want you to hear that Native American influence in there because it's definitely there. that I know of has ever had, and we knew it. All the musicians knew it. I lived in Denmark for a while. You mentioned his name, everybody knows his name. They don't know it here. I want to make sure that you make sure that folks know his name. As a Yoruba Dicho says, as long as we say a person's name, we keep them alive. So I'm gonna ask you all to say Jim Pepper. Come on. He can't hear, say it loud, Jim Pepper. Jim Pepper.
Ken Man Miller is from Warm Springs, Oregon. Jim Pepper encouraged him to perform long ago, and today, Miller plays with the Flying Eagles. It means a lot to me to be in the Flying Eagle Band. His Indian name meant Flying Eagle, so that's what he was. He was Flying Eagle. I met Jim Pepper in the early 70s through one of my old friends, Oliver Sanderville. Ollie told me about him, and he said, there's an Indian musician. I wanted to go out there and meet him, so I went to the nightclub one night, and sure enough, there was Jim. He was a real famous, renowned sax player, known throughout Europe mainly. Well, all the bad musicians knew who Jim was. I wasn't really a musician in them days, but Jim encouraged me to get up on stage with him. I'll never forget that. He knew I wasn't a musician, but he didn't care. He would say, come on up, get man. I did. I would go up there, and we would play music together. When I first met Jim there in Portland, he had his own band there, and one of the guys in the band played with pleasure. His name was Richard Burdell. He was a horn player. I met Richard, and we all went together to a nightclub, him and Jim and I. I remember one time I called Jim, and he said, Hey, Ken, man, I'm going to go check out Tire Power tonight. Yeah, you're going to be there? Yeah, I love Tire Power. There was Jim and I. Both of us were singing, You're Still a Young Man. <laughs> I'll never forget that. We were both part of the crowd, and it was a fun time. That's just how Jim was. He was a fun guy to be around. Happy-go-lucky. Jim was a kind of a traditional. He loved powwowing and Indian dancing. We talked about that. I told Jim one night, well, you know, Wichitaito, that's my favorite song of all. Jim said, well, Ken Man, from now on, that will be our brother's song forever. I've been proud to have known Jim. Kikabe 
To learn more about ongoing efforts to remember Jim Pepper, you can visit jimpepperfest.net. This program was recorded at KWSO Radio, owned and operated by the Confederate Tribes of Warm Springs, Oregon. Our website is kwso.org. This program was produced by Sue Matters. I'm Brutus Bias. Thanks for remembering Jim Pepper. Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.